Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Uh, we are supposed to have Peter Tessier making his grand return. Eklund will be here as well in a few minutes. Um, we'll start with some pre-show stuff. I have a number of things to talk about rumor-wise and news-wise. Uh, Russ, get us started. Hold on. Uh-oh. Are we going to hear ourselves talk again? We might. It didn't go. Actually, it did go. Hold okay, on. good. That's good. Russ, get us started. There you go. <laughs> There you go. I tried. Anyhow, let's talk again about the Tom Brady trademark issue because, you know, I've trademarked stuff. I've, I've done that and I've gone through the process. And when you do that, you have to send it into the Library of Congress and they look at it. They don't give you an automatic trademark. They look at it and see, is there like any confusion in the marketplace? And if there is, then you may not get it. So they look at that and say, well, who really should own this trademark? And so copyright. Over, yeah. Tom Brady has put it in. He put it in for Tom Terrific. And so over the last couple of days, if you look online and social media, it's been pretty clear that Tom Seaver should be the one that, that owns it and Tom Brady shouldn't be allowed to trademark it. Now, Boston.com in a very trolly, smarmy way decided, hey, they were going to cover this and there was a really like there were some fans that put together like this tom brady we're going to throw his jersey in the garbage can thing in new york within a couple of days notice i think they even had ed crankle there but there wasn't a lot of people there right so they wanted to cover it but here here's the low class part of all this boston.com if you're really going to back back tom brady on this gotta remember tom siever is is sick right now with dementia he's not even in the public eye to defend himself for any of this yeah. so like you know, covering that that party and saying, here's what they did in New York. Listen, that's like one one millionth of what would happen in New York if you went there and had like a public rally for it. But if you look online, that's where you could see the vitriol from a lot of national media folks too, people who aren't even fans of Tom Seaver, but right. just believe, hey, he's that guy. Mm -hmm. And where did Tom Brady get this nickname from anyhow? Well, apparently, and you know, I I heard some reportage on it this morning uh -huh. that in the Boston area, Boston radio stations were started referring to him as Tom Terrific. Now that's dumb. I mean, because right. for you know, for people of our generation, we know it's Seaver, and you know, I mean, I had a lot of respect for Seaver. I liked him as a yeah. as a broadcaster after his career when he's on the Yankee broadcast with Rizzuto, and he was a phenomenal pitcher, one of the better yeah. one of the better pitchers of all time. So. You know, and the thing is, the the nickname that's been established for Brady has been TB12. Right. So I I don't I don't get why you know the you know this is such a big deal why he's trying to corner the market on this and yeah I mean if there's if there is a battle over the copyright uh, regarding the that you know you know a conflict I mean I think he's going to lose that because everybody knows it's been established for fifty years that Tom Seaver is Tom Terrific I don't care I complained online too and I it wouldn't shock me if they file some paperwork yeah 
Now, uh, I, I, I have, I just have to do this occasionally because you know I'm a big music fan, and we both like the same type of music. Although I think we're both very diverse in terms of the music that we like. But yeah. what we, what we were weaned on was progressive rock. Yes, and I always take, I always have a bone to pick with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because, because they have dragged their feet when it came to progressive rock. Now, in the last few years, they've been loosening up because they, they, they were. They could not ignore that particular genre of music any longer. You know, the bands that were not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame from that. I mean, it was only, if you want to categorize Pink Floyd as progressive rock, I don't. I think they're more psychedelic art rock. But uh, they were like the only ones. And then finally, Genesis, Rush, Yes. Got I do it. remember with Yes, they had him there for a concert a mm -hmm. few years before when Chris Squire was alive. <laughs> And they still didn't get in. And that's what made me so mad because then Chris Squire passed away right. and he never knew he would get in, you know? Right. So now it's the point, and we've seen this in other genres of music. I mean, I don't believe rap artists should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I can't say I can't say that they haven't had influence on rock music. So that's what they put them in there under the influence category. And there are other musical, uh, you know, genres that that they've let the influencers in, even though in terms of success and selling records, they weren't as much as as pop as pop the popular artists of that particular genre. And this is where I have a problem. Now, the the great influencer of progressive rock, I think Russ will agree once he comes back, uh, is King Crimson. And King Crimson is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I, the reason this came up is because I'm listening to to my iPod iPod on 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 in my car on the way home, and a King Crimson con song comes on. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, when you talk about influence. King Crimson, for people who don't know, King Crimson uh, was a band in the late 60s, basically the founder of a progressive rock, and influenced Genesis. Genesis even bought the Mellotron from King Crimson, so yeah. you know, there was that direct influence. A member of uh, Yes became a member of King Crimson. Uh, a member of King Crimson became a member of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and just the, the, the type of music they played was a new, a new form. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I know ELP is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think they deserve to be uh, because you know they, they sold a ton of records. But hand in hand with that, eventually, I would say in the next few years, if King Crimson is not in there, I, I'm going to start to have a problem because the influencers in almost every other genre are in, and they deserve to be in. That's true. That's a that's a great point. I was not a big fan, but I did see them back in the day when um, they did tour. I want to say maybe in the early 80s with Bruford. Bruford yeah. went back there for a while. Yeah. And, and I have to say, it was a great concert. Like, it was, do I love Robert Fripp? Yes and no. There's good good times and bad, good songs and bad songs for me. But I can see why people really liked it. It's definitely unique. Does yeah. it deserve to be in there? Yeah. Because if I start going through the list, I could pick off 30 or 40 that yeah, <laughs> I would put in. After King Crimson, and not and not not only ELP, not only Yes, not only Genesis, but UK and Asia specifically. Yeah. You know, mem members of those bands went on to form, and they are talking about millions and millions of records. So, I mean, honestly, I think I think that they deserve to be in, and we'll we'll see in the next few years if they get Fair in. Fair point. 
Okay. All right. Uh, we'll start the show. Uh, we are almost almost have Eklund, and Peter will be here in a few minutes. Uh, hello, Hockey World. Today is Wednesday, June 5th, 2019. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and it's just me and Mike. Like, everybody says they're going to be here. Nobody's here. Like, this is like, you know, Mike, Mike and I are going to the mall. Yeah, we'll meet you at the mall, and then nobody's here. never show up. At the mall. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm – I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzz here on HockeyBuzz.com. That tripped me up a little bit there, Russ. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll start with this just because I was at the press conference uh, this morning uh, for Ralph Kruger, his introductory press conference for uh, as head coach of the Buffalo Sabres. He'd been named a week or a little over a week ago, um, more like two weeks ago. Um, and, you know, it was – 20 minutes and um, it was a, a pretty interesting, but you know, nothing revelatory. I mean, he talked mm -hmm. about, you know, how he's not going to look back on what some of the players or what the organization has done over the last year or five years or 10 years, but he's going to look forward, which to me is sort of code for some of the guys that people want out of here. I'm going to give them another chance or I'm going to evaluate them. I think that there's going to be changes in the organization, but I think the, you know, a guy like Zemgus Gergensens or a guy like Ristolainen, who's been rumored to be traded numerous times over the last two or three years, they're going to take a fresh look under Kruger to see if they can, um, you know, to see if they can find their find their way and become contributing players. So that that was interesting. Of course, all the focus after when uh, I was in the scrum with Jason Botterill, their GM, was mm -hmm. about Jeff Skinner. And Russ, I get the feeling from what Bottrell said, and he essentially said, well, we put an offer on the table. Uh, we don't have a deadline. We, we've made it clear we want the player. Well, they will have a deadline. It's just Well, no. But, but, well, what I'm saying is they, they don't have a deadline. Like, we need to know if you're going to sign by the, the 23rd. Otherwise, you know. No, I get it. But by the time, you know, it's June 30th, then you know your deadline's pretty much there if he hasn't said anything. Well, and, and that's the the point. The point being, every ball is in Jeff Skinner's court. It's now right. him. If we take the reporting as accurate, uh, that he's been offered an eight-year deal, uh, anywhere between eight and a half to nine nine and a half million dollars, then the Sabers, you know, have made their offer and they put it on the table. And now it's a question of whether Newport Sports and Don Meehan and Jeff Skinner want to accept it. I personally believe that if it's the nine figure, it's a shorter term deal. That if it's if it's an eight year deal, then the Sabres want uh, to spread the AAV out longer and get a, le a lesser cap hit. Yeah. So, but But the whole point being, Skinner's in control of this scenario, and if he wants to play here, great. And if he doesn't want to play there, or if he wants to see where the where the market is, then he goes to the five day window and then makes a decision then. Yeah, I think I think right now he's going to wait a little while longer. They're going to talk to everybody out there who might be interested in Skinner, and then I think he'll give an indication to the to Buffalo what what he's thinking. But ultimately, I think he's going UFA. Even though he got this offer, mm -hmm. I think he is going to still test the market. It doesn't mean he won't come back. Right. It doesn't mean he won't accept that offer on the table. But again, teams in other sports, you've noticed that, have gotten pretty snippy about 
players not getting back to them about offers on the table. So even though there's no deadline now, there will be a time when they start getting a little annoyed that they haven't heard back from him about this offer. Zach, um, I was just telling Russ about I, I went to the uh, the Ralph Kruger press conference this morning and ba Jason Botkel talked after. And yeah. essentially he said, we want the player. We've made it clear that we want the player, meaning Skinner. Uh, we've put an offer on the table. There's no deadline. He says, you know, um, he was asked whether it was close or not. He says, I well, I think so. And we, you know, like, and he, people tried, you know, other reporters tried to, um, tried to, oh, I'm getting the, who's playing the thing in the background. I can hear myself. Yeah, talking. My bad. Oh, okay. Um, other reporters tried to phrase the question did differently just to get the, you know, to sort of get the, the same answer. And, um, you know, he wasn't biting, but the impression that I got was the Sabres have put their offer on the table. The ball is in Skinner's court and it's all a question of whether he wants to sign or he wants to see what's out there and then come back to the Sabres and the Sabres don't really know. It's almost like they're, they, they're, you know, they, they've done all they can do. Now it's up to Skinner. Yeah, I get that sense too. Talking to people over there, I really do. Um, and hello, everyone. Thanks. So good to be back. It's been kind of been an unbelievably crazy week. So I appreciate you guys jump. You guys carrying the carrying the boat. Um, yeah. The uh, more the more I talk to people over there, the more I get the I get the real I get the real impression that this has been such a roller coaster ride that they're at the point now where they they just want an answer, um, but they don't. No one's going to be. You know they're 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 still you know lollygagging around it and tiptoeing and walking on you know eggshells all the all the possible cliches you can throw out there you know they really they really want to make sure they don't piss off Skinner or his group they definitely want an answer they feel like they deserve an answer because it is a good offer um, and you know the, the initial thought with Skinner like we talked about before many times was that he wasn't going to resign there then he had a good year and now you know he's he has this great connection you know, with other players on the team. And it really seems like he wants to come back. And then I don't think he's going to get more money from anybody else. I really don't. I mean, and which is, and I think that they feel that way too, which is what's a little bit tough on the Sabres is I feel like they think they're kind of in, not insulted, but you know, they know that this is the best situation for him. They know that they're, they're throwing a ton of money at him. This should be done. Uh oh, don't hear you, Mike. Why don't I hear you? I don't hear you at all. All right. Who hears Mike and who doesn't? Russ is gone. All right. All right. I'll come back and see. Do you hear me? Okay. I don't hear you. Weird. All right. I'll be right back. Sorry, guys. Let me see if I hear Peter real quick. Peter? I don't hear me there. All right. Back. Bye. I'm back. Now I can't hear you. <laughs> Hold Can on. you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hear Peter. I don't hear Mike. It's always Russ. It could be. There's a lot going on today, Peter, you know. Oh. So how was your trip? It was really nice. Oh, um, yeah. You know, Oregon was lovely. Washington was lovely. How about now? Yeah, yep. I got you now. You can hear me? Yep. Okay. That was um, so yeah. I was saying there, sorry, and sorry, Peter interrupted. Um, the uh so really honestly, what I think is 
they feel the Sabres really feel like they they put out a serious play for Skinner. They feel like it's enough money for him. They feel like he's not going to get more money elsewhere, which I think might be true, which is pretty crazy because this is probably the best situation for him. And I still think they feel like they're being raked over the coals a little bit by it. Well, I, I think that that's the case because, in, in a way, because I don't think there's a lot of confidence in from many corners of the hockey world that the Sabers are on a positive track to success. I mean, they've got talent, but based on what's happened over the last few years, they haven't made the playoffs in eight seasons. They've had numerous general a number of general managers and coaches no none of them have had any success you've got eichel you've got darlene um skinner this is you know skinner is deciding on whether this team is going to win in the next three or four years which are the remaining prime years of his career and and the impression that i get from from what is going on locally is mm. the sabers are offering a shorter term deal for that nine, nine and a half figure, not eight years, that the eight year deal is probably the AAV is lower. It's under nine. And that yeah. might be the sticking. Now, I don't think he's going to get $9 million from anybody else, but yeah. I think he's being yeah. compensated for rolling the dice that this team may not be competitive. Well, that's the whole thing. If a competitive team even gives him a little less, he still may go there. Right. Well, I, yeah, I think that, I don't think every, I think you guys are, I don't know. It, it feels like everyone's picking on the Sabres a little much here because I, I honestly I'm think. I'm picking on them. I mean, really? if this were you, and even though you got that, this is like any other day, go back to when, you know, you were getting job offers when you were out in the job market. I've had offers from places that were higher than places that I was working at. Yeah. When I looked it over and I sort of walked around the property, let's say it was a hotel, you know, I kind of decided, you know, this isn't my kind of place or this oh, yeah, no, there's has more potential. But you know, that's that's true. That's true. But there's but the, but at the end of the day, you know, and this is what you really have agents for. You know, this is what your agent is supposed to do is right. is put you in the best possible situation to succeed. Because another million dollars in a and you go somewhere and you flop after two years of that nine year deal or whatever, that's a problem. You know, so mm -hmm. this to me, you know, yes, you can sit there. And if you're Skinner, if you're asking for nine million dollars. I have a little bit of a tough time with people who were asking for that kind of money and saying that the team isn't, you know, doing enough to be a, to be a winner. You are the you are if you are getting nine million dollars, you are what has to make the team a winner. Okay, that, that's your that. job. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, mean, but that, that's that you can't sit back and say, mm -hmm. you know, and and Russ, your 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 point is well taken. I mean, I've gotten job offers. I got one a couple weeks ago. Even just you know, I get a lot of job offers to do work for other major hockey situations like that, but. This is the best spot for me, you know, even though it's not maybe the most money, this is, I get to control my destiny. I get to do what I need to do with my family. I get to be independent. I get to, you know, employ other people and keep that. So I know that this situation for me is the best. work with us guys. Like he didn't even say that. Right. What'd you say? No, to work with you guys. didn't even say work with us. Like we're like a hundredth on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Not a hundredth, but you know, in the 20. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, there's well, no question. But but the point the point here, Peter, is that if Skinner is asking for nine or nine and a half, we're talking Mark Stone Ovechkin territory. Yeah, we're not we're not ta we're not talking you know Phil Kessel who's making eight, and I know the percentage of cap is different because the cap is going to go up, but still 
the number is nine and a half or nine, and that's that territory. And I don't think anybody, and I, I like Jeff Skinner. I think he's a really good player. I don't think anybody is putting Jeff Skinner in that category. Yeah, no, but sure. Jeff Skinner is. <laughs> well, no, but Peter, what do you think of that? If Jeff, if 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 Jeff Skinner thinks he can get nine million or more on the open market, then he should go do that. Right. Yeah. And that's what he should do. If he thinks he likes the security of Buffalo and he's got to take a little bit for that security and know that knows that he's going to get it, then he should do that. I mean, right now with the way teams are, there's very few that have 9.5 million in cap space for Jeff Skinner and also are going to be a decently competitive team or on the rise. And it could be something that totally handcuffs them. Right. Right, like a, a team like Columbus, a team like Columbus who's losing people could could afford to to sign Jeff Skinner and might look at him yeah. as, as an option. And, and Columbus might be a might be a team that just literally shuffles the deck chairs in terms of where they're signing money and talent. Right. Right. So you, you may you may go to Columbus knowing that they're doing this and this, but it hasn't moved the needle for them. It's just changed who who's driving the bus on Columbus. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, right. I, and, and the one thing I asked Bottrell in, in, in the scrum, and I think this is, you know, I asked it only because not specific to Buffalo, but just the, mar the, the market and what we're going to be dealing with the next five or six weeks is what, what is the chatter like uh, in terms of trades yeah. as opposed to, say, the last couple of years. And he really didn't answer. Yeah. He said, you know, there's a lot of chatter. I know Kyle Dubas last week said, you know, the the chatter is significantly higher. Oh, it's not even close. Anybody's, anybody's, I mean, I, if I tell you the, like the amount of calls I'm getting during the day and stuff like that, and just the amount of texts I'm getting during the day, it's like, it's, it's insane. Like, I don't even know if I can, you know, like I've got, you know, issues. My son's got health issues, obviously. And I was, I'm supposed to go to Boston, drive to Boston tomorrow. I don't know with all the, you know, it may it may be the just the rumors themselves that keep me back, you know, because there is so much like being on the phone and being able to deal with all that stuff and driving, you know, six hours tomorrow. I don't know that I can do it. I mean, there's a lot we're going going into this weekend is going to be this. We're looking at a weekend, I think, that's going to be altering towards where we're going. I the stuff that we just saw, you know, what we obviously just you know, what we always saw with the Flyers making their deal yeah. for their guy that we had talked about the Flyers were interested in. Quite a bit on here. Um, that is the big, just the beginning of the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg of, of other teams trying to make deals like that, trying to get guys' rights because it makes sense, you know. And to kind of like, kind of like tie up the Skinner thing and move on to this because connect yep. together is, you know, teams are desperate to because there is so much available. They're desperate to have loose ends tied up in any way they can. The yeah. Sabers want this done because they have other things. So for so for Skinner to sit in their mind, for Skinner to sit there and say, "We need you to, you need we need you to we need to know you're going to do more." They're sitting there saying, "We can't do more, buddy, until we get you done." Right. You know, once we get you done, we can then be free to do more. But to sit back and say, "You want us to do more, and then we're going to get you done." If yep. if that happens, we won't be able to get you. And, done and have to we'll have to make other choices. And at a certain at a certain point, Bottle has got to say, "Okay, I have other moves, Plan Bs, Plan Cs, in, in case Skinner doesn't sign." And if he doesn't sign, yeah. you, know, you need you you almost have to have a deadline because then you can yeah. work on those moves. And they're they're a team, and we'll talk about like Marlowe and other players like this. But they're a team that has cap space, and for teams like Winnipeg and Tampa Bay, who've got players that they have to move out probably to open yeah. up cap space. 
Buffalo is one of a number of landing spots with like close to $30 million in cap space. That's the plan B. They're not going to replace Skinner by signing another free agent. They're going to replace him by trading for somebody. It's attractive. It's an attractive landing space. Buffalo is don't kid yourself. Not, by, really not, for, free, not for free agents. That's the problem. No, not necessarily. I mean, no, I, I think that, I think that that's where you guys are, are underselling Buffalo because well, I, I, this team has struggled last year, but they also, you know, they showed signs of it. They moved on, you know, to a new coach. They've made decisions. They have good young players coming up. Everyone feels they have, you know, but, they have, they have lots of space. It's a great place to live. I, it's a great place to play hockey. It's a great it's, hockey town. But it's impossible to attract free. They, they, to attract a free agent, you have to overpay. They overpaid uh, Kyle Lapozo. They did. No, they, they did, did overpay Kyle. But that, at the time with the Kyle Lapozo, but that was that was pre Jack Eichel. That was, you know, that was pre, you know, Skinner in a way, you know, that was pre Dolan. Rasmus Dolan is another one who really like, there are people there now that are way more attractive. There's way more of a potential there now than there was when Akposo was signing there. I agree with that. You know, yeah. So then people look at them now, they're like, this team is not that far off because they have a superstar forward. They've got a superstar defenseman. Um, They've got some goalies. And and what else? And that's the problem. And, and what else is, I mean, they've, they they have other i mean you know the prospects better than me russ but i hear good things about the prospects i hear that this is a, that there's positive stuff there well, in in maybe two years away so that's yeah. a really good thing and then yeah they have some others that i would say they have three or four other really good prospects they have four, they have four they have four good defensemen they have montour ristolainen dalin maybe and jake mccabe Mm-hmm. After that, pilot is the guy they got from the SHL. Zach Bogosian is the human uh, IR. That yeah, but he's, he's, he's not. When you're signing, you're not worried about Bogosian because he's not going to be there. Well, no, no, but I'm just saying what they have in terms of being competitive. So, but anyway, let's let's. Not, I, I just want. Yeah, to but up. I think so. I think that. But, but what I'm, I'm saying is that there is a definite appetite, okay, for people to get, for for teams to get things done now to get yeah. things done sooner than later to not wait till the draft or July 1st, definitely not July 1st, you know, and I think by July 1st, I have a sense that, you know, in the past, like the past couple, like last July 1st was interest was not as interesting as the July 1st before it. If we go back to July 1st, if you remember, there was like a crazy amount of play, there were players involved and we kind of knew where everybody was going to land and everybody landed within the first hour. Remember it was this crazy, like, right. Bang, bang, bang. This year we had Tavares, which kind of held stuff up a little bit. You had this big player. Um, this year, I don't think is going to be the whole stuff up. I think Panarin's going to get done before July 1st somewhere. I think they're going to trade his rice. He's going to get done. Panarin, I, think, I actually think that's going to be a sign and trade. It could be, but... Because I think he wants to get the eight years. And I think the team, yeah. the team who signs him wants to get the eight years. I mean, P- Peter, th- th- this is the thing. It's like, I mean, because we're both going to be in Vancouver. I think there's going to be a lot of deals made before and at that yeah. draft because, like Ak is saying... I think teams, the Hayes deal shows that other that other organizations want to get a jump on other teams. Hayes would have drawn a lot of interest on July first. Philadelphia gave up a fifth round pick just to get a three week window to negotiate. Yeah, and 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 I think when you when you target a player and you know that's what you want, giving up a late round pick, particularly when you've got the what Philly is the tenth overall pick, right? 11th. Uh, yeah. 11th. When you've 11th. got the 11th overall pick, isn't a isn't a big loss. 
right? right? Like it's, exactly. you know, you, you, you're happy to do that. And the best part about that is they can get Hayes in town. They can get him. They can talk about who he's going to play with. And should they sign him? Philly, I was saying this, to, I think I said in our group, in a group chat, I said, you know, they may have one of the best top sixes in the league. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it takes some pressure off of um, having to put Giroux in the center if they need to. And, and yeah, it gives, buys them some time with Patrick. It's a great move for them. So oh, yeah, why yeah. wouldn't you go all in to get this guy to like you, like where you're at, see what the franchise is about and do things and, and, and figure out and get exclusivity to talk to his agent about a deal for a fifth. It makes, if that's the guy you see as a possibility, do it. Yeah, no. And I, and I think, I mean, I want to discuss this thing for a second because the most common question I've gotten, you know, and I got this even, you know, before, even before they got Hayes, I was talking to somebody in Boston and they said, you know, the flyers are really out there trying to get a second line center. And I said, yeah, I know. And that, that really kind of shocks people around the NHL because they look at like, you know, Nolan Patrick as a second line center easily on this team. Right. They look at, you know, they, they, you know, you've got Couturier, you've got Giroux and obviously they play together. So, but they're both centers as well. Um, Russ, what are your thoughts on that? Like this, I keep getting asked the question. I don't know how to respond to it. Does this mean the Flyers don't have faith in Nolan Patrick? Um, it's not that they don't have faith in him. It's just right now, based on – there's two things going on here. The first yeah. one is management is basically saying you have to make the playoffs this year. That's what they're saying. So yeah. they're saying that, and Elaine Vigneault is looking at the team, and they're, they're all huddling. They're saying, well, based on what Nolan Patrick gave us last year, mm -hmm. we're not a playoff team if he's at 2C. That's just, it's that simple. Right, right. So we get Kevin Hayes, we push him back to 3C, he gets better matchups, and maybe he gets a little chip on his shoulder, and that that helps him. Giroux's never going back to center. Like, Fletcher doesn't want him there. He's yeah. scoring four points on the yeah. way. That's not happening. So we know about that. Yeah. So I just think they look at it and they say, if you look at the better teams in the league, you have to have three good centers anyhow. This yeah. gives that and we have size down the middle which is what they've always liked the the only thing i'd be concerned about in in because i think you're right peter that the, their top six would be one of the better in the league but if you're putting uh hayes as your second line center he's not the fleetest of foot in terms of center no. you're talking about a number two line of jvr uh kevin hayes and konechny konechny can fly the other two can't. And in this league where it's speed, that's a problem. You may have to mix up the lines a little bit. I mean, that's oh, a, yeah. Well, Mike, it's funny. He's not the fastest guy, but in open ice, he's fine. And okay. actually yeah. very creative with passing. I think I think he can keep up with those guys. I'm not worried so, about that. And he's you know what, what's interesting in a short time at Winnipeg and, and what I saw was I, I put out a tweet saying, you know, when the trade happened, I said, you know, he's, you know, good offensive skill, but he was a defensive liability. And I had a lot of pushback from some Jets fans. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really looked at things like zone stars, hadn't really gone and looked at underlying numbers, just for what I remember from him at with yeah, yeah. up in the yeah, corners sure. and things. Now, when some people threw some data at me, he may have some technical things to work on with how he does some work in his own end. Mm -hmm. But as a player of general skill and what he's doing, it's actually pretty darn good. No, it's good. And and, and, and like, I think there's things that you see when you watch him play Russ and you were the first one to say this, like before the, even the trade happened, there's going to be some things that drive you nuts about Kevin Hayes, oh, yeah. but, but there's a lot of things there that with the right coaching staff, and now you got AV and these other guys, yeah. um, 
you know, might be able to really work with him and, and turn him into something. And if he sort of fits what, you know, the, the flyers vision of what they want as a team, again, it could be a really solid move. And, and, and the price, if it's six, 6.5 may not be a bad price for him. I agree. I think yeah. six and a half is probably what he'll get. And I think that's a good price. Like do what it. that does though. Another thing that does, and if they don't get it too, that if they signing Hayes right now has another um, kind of sneaky undertone to it for the flyers. Um, Konechny and Lawton aren't signed. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of time takes a, a priority, but Konechny would be. Yeah. We had a pretty good year last year. Lawton doesn't matter. He's still not a priority. Not that. a priority. Okay. No, no, I'm not talking about, I'm not saying he Konechny's obviously a priority. Hartman's yeah. not signed. They'd like Hartman too. Right. Um, uh, they have, you know, obviously Pro Robin Sandheim on defense not signed. Mm -hmm. This is, um, you know, they're losing about <laughs> nine million dollars in goalies, like like that are coming off the cap. You know, like between between Elliott, Talbot, and Neuvirth, you know, not all that. That's four, two, seven, two, five. So that's even, yeah, it's nine million dollars in goalies that are coming off the cap. Right. You know, that nine million dollars is is huge for them, right? So they are, um. When you when and if you're Lawton's or Konechny's or Hartman's agent, I don't you know, well, no matter what priority you are, you're asking for a certain amount of money, right? Now Hayes comes in and signs for six million dollars. Um, that definitely puts the nervousness into the other guys. Like it, it throws can like can you know, maybe not so much connecting because he's probably gonna get his money, but for Lawton and Hartman, you might be able to get them to take a million dollars less now because they feel like the pressure is on. To, or or they take bridges. Or they take bridges. Well, I think yeah. I think this I think this guarantees to put them into the bridge category, Mike. And I think that yeah. you know if and and the, just them knowing this because if you're those guys and you're like you're the agents working for those guys, and you're like okay, we're trying to get in the Flyers saying we only have a limited amount of money, right. and then the Flyers make this trade, then you that you're as an agent now you're like you know what the heck you know like we're well, sitting there complaining about how you got money, you just you're getting out and got another six million dollar player, mm -hmm. you know that that really does. It, it is like a fear of God type thing that, that, that ripples through the team. I will tell you the one negative is it slows down again, the pro growth negotiations that have been going on forever. And, yeah. you know, cause they only have a limited amount of time on this one. Yep. Yet the pro growth clock is ticking too on what they might do with that. Yeah. And I think pro growth, I, I think that they are, I think there's going to be a game of chicken pro growth. I really do. And I think that it's going to come yeah. down to, I would not be shocked at all. If we see a holdout in pro growth, I really yeah. wouldn't. I agree. I think I that that's, you know, like 70% likely at this point. Um, I, I heard something from, from Elliot Friedman a couple of days ago that I think is interesting to talk about. And, you know, we've, we've talked about Carlson and, you know, last year when he made it clear that wherever he was going, it was going to be for one year um, and he was going to go free agent. Well, I mean, San Jose apparently is interested in, in signing him. I don't know if it's going to be eight years based on his injury history, but there is some interest in San Jose getting them locked up. But there's a time there's a time limit here because if they don't get them signed by a certain point, they have all these other situations like Timo Meyer and Don Skoy and Pavelski. Yeah, and they got a lot. They, they got a lot of things to a lot of housekeeping. So they need to know ahead of time whether uh, Carlson is going to sign there or not. The thing is, though, I mean, look at their breakdown in terms of money. You're talking. I think I, I believe that uh, that uh, Vlasic is making over eight. 
Yeah. Uh, Burns is making, I think, over nine. I'm going to look it up here. Yeah, I'm bringing it up right yeah. now for you. Yeah, you're, you're, t you're talking and you're talking about investing. Yeah, here you go. Burns uh, is eight. Flaxic is seven. Yeah, so 15. So you're talking, and if, if Carlson is, is, is probably nine or at least maybe more than that, then you're talking about 20, $25 million on just your top 3D. That I mean, yeah. I, I I'm sorry. That's that's too much, especially. To, yeah, you're right. Anyone to get, but anyone who gives Carlson more than eight is is crazy in my mind. I think they are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're going to be there are going to be teams that, that are crazy. Um, if he wants to go to well, a team, for like, a very short term, okay, maybe like a two year deal. Or three, maybe three. They might go three. I'd like to see three years, thirty million, but I don't think he'll take a deal like that. Yeah, I mean, Peter, I I, I think that you know Carlson, especially with his injury history. This is his last chance to make to get a big contract. He's not going to take three years. I think the minimum he takes is five. Someone will give him something silly. It's just a matter of who and does he want to go there. I mean, this talk that he might, might be going back to Toronto or Montreal or to uh, Montreal or Ottawa yeah. is fascinating because they're two of the teams that would probably do that. Right. I'm going to give him a zero percent chance for Ottawa, but I think Montreal is a likely place. Montreal I don't think he's going back to Ottawa in any way, shape, or form. If he, wants, if, he, if he really wants to put the Royal screw to Melnick, he goes to Montreal. He I'll goes to Montreal is not possible, guys, because because Why? of the taxes, the taxes in Montreal. Like, like because they're gonna, they'd have well, to if go. If he wants to be there, he might just deal with it. Yeah, yeah I get that, but they have to go. Taxes so in Toronto, higher than Ottawa, Tampa. Like if, if in Ottawa, Montreal, potato, potato. Yeah, no, no, but Tampa, no, but if Tampa is involved, if Tampa is involved, which they are, yeah, I mean Tampa can go two and a half million dollars less than Montreal. And, right. and, if they do that deal, right, they're going to be riding the summer cap so hard that yeah. they're going to be at a real disadvantage when they're moving players. So they have to be careful too. Yeah, they, basically, what what will be the precursor of a uh, if Tampa is going after Carlson? And from everything that I've heard, just by other people reporting, there's no way that Tampa is going to pay Carlson more than Hedman, and Hedman's making I think seven and a half. Yep. Right. So, so if, that, if that's the case. And they're going to sign Braden Point, who's probably going to make in the same range too. That yeah. means you're trading probably two or three guys like Palat, Kalorn, and Johnson. That's a big upheaval. And I don't think they will. I know that they 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 you know they fell in four straight, and there's change that's going to be necessary. But I don't think they want to move like an entire offensive line. Uh, to do to, to re-sign Braden Point and bring in Carlson for probably a short window, like three or four years. They, they, I mean, the guy that I keep hearing is uh, JT Miller, you know, who they could move. Um, yeah, I, I think they've wanted to move Miller even since last year. I do. Yeah. And there's, and there's actually people in the NHL who really like JT Miller. So, and, and it's, it's yeah, probably like a five. What was that? Size up the middle. He provides yeah, there's, yeah. there's toughness there. There's the problem is he just, his growth has sort of been stunted yes. by the way he was sort of used in New York and then Tampa. They just sort of, Put him right in, expected results, and he gave them to him early, and then it started to dip. I, nobody's worked with him in a while, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially when you go into a situation like the one in Tampa, you know, you're not going to get that kind of right because because there's so many other people that are taking the pressure isn't on JT Miller to perform at the level that he needs to be performing at in Tampa right now. Um, and, and and that's an issue. But you know, but as far as seven seven million dollars for um seven million dollars for uh for Carlson in Tampa, not undoable. That's not impossible. Well, if he takes it, if he, if he clearly wants to go there, but um, yeah. you know, then in that instance, 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's a one or two year deal because why 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 would you why would you lock yourself up for five six years at a, an amount that's lower than the three million dollars lower than what some other teams might offer you? And the thing is, is like with his injury history, you don't know if after that two years you're going to drop off significantly. So five I, years I, and thirty five million dollars, I think he takes it. Five years, thirty-five million from Tampa. Yep, Maybe, Tampa, yeah. I think he takes it because you're in a you're in a, you're in a great situation. This team's going to be very good for a long time. You're in a great tax situation. You're playing with your buddy Hedman. You're living in Tampa, Florida, for crying out loud. It's not horrible. You have a chance to win the Stanley Cup all the time, mm -hmm. and you're guaranteed five. You're guaranteed thirty-five more million dollars in your career. I think he takes it. I think he would take that in a heartbeat. Now, the the other thing that Friedman said about San Jose was that he thinks that Pavelski is going going free agent. That it. Uh, you know they they they've got they've got the money that they have to invest in Meyer you know and uh, and and maybe that changes if Carlson goes someplace else but the feeling is is that and it, that Pavelski may want to test the waters. I don't think he will. I mean there is nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. He's been there all of his career, but there's nothing in San Jose's um, past or at all or the way they do things or the way they handle their players or the way Doug Wilson is with that would that would make me think for a second that that's possible. Like I think that he has very, been very good at getting guys to stay. Um Pavelski is the captain of the team. This year was very like obviously his his stock even rose higher in the fans eyes this year when, right. when but, what happened. But apparent but apparently Pavelski and his representation was not too pleased after they brought in Kane and then signed him to an extension. Basically, he, he took he took he took Pavelski's money. Well, I, did, I do agree with that one, and I but that but the fact that they did that tells me they're not concerned with being able to sign Pavelski. That right. they feel that they feel like you know, and that they that they're going to give him more than that. They're going to give him, you know, they're going to give more. I think hey, I think they're going to get a note this week. In their mailbox that says Eric Carlson's not coming back, so then right. they won't be that worried. I think he and Couture will probably make the same amount. They'll probably make eight million. Um, we'll probably that, that's that is a typical San Jose thing to do. No, you know that. Remember how many times? How many years did Marlowe and Thornton make the same exact contract? Yeah, Pavelski, until, until the year that Marlowe left. Right to meet Pavelski and Couture. Several weeks paid him. Are the guys? So you know Thornton doesn't have to come back. Nyquist doesn't have to come back. You say, that, you say that you say that to to get an, a get a a response from me, Russ. Well, that's all right. I mean, if you want to pay him the money they're paying him, this well, is not coming out of my pocket. But well, oh, okay. No, no. Let me let me first ask this because they could make a trade though. Well, okay, because I because you you mentioned it in your blog today, yep. and um, mm -hmm. I don't think. There, okay. The, the scenario that seems the most common with Marlowe is the Brooks Orpic scenario that the Leafs trade him someplace where he is bought out. That is the only way that he probably goes back to San Jose because I can't even say there's no way the Leafs are retaining 50% of his salary. None, right. not 0%. They need the cap space. They would rather pay an asset, a draft pick, or a prospect. Than to say than to shave money off of Marlowe's deal. I think they can get it done. It's going to be difficult. Um, you know, the 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 L.A. scenario is hilarious because yeah, Friedman reported that L.A. was looking to trade either Kovalchuk or Jeff Carter <laughs> in in a deal for Marlowe. First of all, there's no cap savings. 
Kovalchuk yeah. is probably almost as much over the hill as Marlowe is. I'd actually, I'd rather take Marlowe. At least, he, at least he's got a good personality. A good, he's a leader, and he's got. Oh, yeah, Kovalchuk has a little more on the on left, Mike. I, I got to be fair about. Well, that. but but I'm but in terms of in terms <laughs> of his the way he played last year, Russ, I'd I'd be I'd question that. And Jeff Carter, do you think Jeff Carter wants to go to Toronto? Not a no. Chance. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Jeff Carter, you could talk about trade all you want. He's not going anywhere. His feet are firmly in the sand, man. Exactly. And the other, and the other one, which is laughable, is Dion Phaneuf. Dion Phaneuf. I mean, they're going to buy. They're the reason that that name has been floated out there, Peter, is because Dion Phaneuf is going to be bought out by the Kings unless they find a sucker to take him. And I, I heard a Phaneuf rumor to Winnipeg to solve the run. I just come on. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you know, one of the things that's crazy is I can't recall in a recent um, UFA, like lead up to the draft and UFA periods of so much looniness being spoken of. Yeah, like, yeah. there is a lot of loony and it, it's, um, and it's coming, coming from, from everywhere. Places. Yeah, yeah. It's coming from all over places. And it's what's weird is like I, I got blamed for one today. I was listening to XM and I'm like. What was the one they said today? There's some crazy. There was some crazy rumor that I've never even I've never even written about this player. But it was funny. So I'm listening today, and I'm like, I hear it on XM. They're like, well, you know, it's a hockey buzz thing. I'm like, no, it's not. There's like that. That's a, there are so many things. Like you know, be careful before you blame someone for things. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, you've been blamed for years on on this kind of stuff. Oh yeah, but but right? I'm, like, and, and, I'm like the poster guy for this, and it's like. And the fact is, I don't throw out these crazy things you, that people do. You, you say things, and and I think the interesting I've always said, to, you know, people ask you, oh, what's he like? I said, look, the guy just tells you what he hears, <laughs> and right. he's he's not trying to dissect it down and and turn it into some sure. diabolical conspiracy. He's just passing along what he hears. Some of it might not be 100% accurate. Some of it might not be close to accurate, but that's what he's hearing, and he's just right. giving you a glimpse into the window. I said, the other stuff that's coming out right now, is people pretending that they are so close to the action right. and that they're hearing things. And I'm like, I'm seeing rumors coming out of Tampa about well, Winnipeg. And I'm like, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> sim symbolic. Let me just address that for one sec, Mike, then you please you can go on. I thank you. First of all, Peter, very much for that. Cause I really do appreciate that. Cause it means a lot coming from you guys. Cause I respect you guys so much. Um, and yeah, I, I am just doing that. And I also like, you know, and it always, it goes, it, it's worth saying that I try that I put things out there purposely. Like for years I've had, uh, you know, uh, Lyle Richardson, who's, um, you know, the guy who does specters, a really nice guy, really nice guy. Um, and we get along very well. He's been doing rumors for longer than I have. He's the rumor King. I would say on the internet. Yeah. We get in this fight all the time because he's, you know, he, he'll talk to me. He'll, I'll put something out and he'll send me a text or whatever saying, you know, well, there's, how's that, how could that possibly happen? You know, how could that possibly, and I was like, I honestly have no freaking idea how it could possibly happen. It's not my job to figure out how it could possibly happen. You know, it's not my job to like look at it and say that I know all the other deals the teams are going to have to make to make that deal happen. But that is being discussed. So what, take it for what it is. You know, I often I do want to mention often this, agree I, with people. So. I do want to mention this. David Alter put out a tweet asking Leaps fans and over 3,100 of them voted, would you do Marlowe for FNUF straight up? And 69% said no. <laughs> Yeah, just, I mean, it's one. It's one thing if Dion Phaneuf gets bought out and you sign him for seven, like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a one-year contract. Right. Because you know, if he's done, then you can just bury his contract yeah. in the minors. But it's another thing to take five and a quarter million for two years. Yeah. It saves you only a million bucks next year, and then you got an albatross of five and a quarter around your neck for next year. So it, it right. makes no sense whatsoever. Now. No, no. 
symbolic of what Eck is just talking about, the ridiculousness last night of Sean Avery in a drunken <laughs> coming out on Instagram. And I think I, I said to Russ, he purposely mispronounced the names because either that or he's, he was drunk as a drunk. When he says Nazim Kadri and Jacob Trubda. So he could come back and say when he was sober, oh no, I meant you know, no, I didn't mean Nazim Kadri and Jacob Truva. I meant these un these these imaginary guys. That trade makes absolutely no sense for for one for one reason. Truba is going to do a Carlson. He's probably going to tell Winnipeg, I'm not signing anywhere. I'm I got one year left on my contract. You trade me, I'm gonna test UFA next year. And Kadri has four is signed for three more years at four and a half million. And apparently is the Leafs phone is ringing off the hook when it comes to Kadri and teams interested. So it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense at all unless Truba signs a long-term contract and he's not going to. Mike, I think no. he's starting a new show. Just like Comedy Central has that show Drunk History. I think he's been watching the show and decided. Hey, what if I had a show, Drunk Rumors, and so Drunk Hockey Rumors? So I think yeah. just Drunk Hockey Players, man. There's plenty of guys out there you could find for that one. Peter, I mean, is my read wrong here? Um, it's 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 not wrong. Um, it's it's not wrong at all. It's just this weird thing that's going on and i think i think avery just trolled everyone yes. and, yeah, and just had some fun with it it's kind of like what's his face mike commodore before the trade deadline with this hashtag pack oh, here you know like it's it's hilarious right <laughs> he's, mike, mike he's just having fun i mean i, I Babcock's favorite defenseman yeah. mike commodore there. yeah and and, and and it's all hilarious, right? Like you know, Avery was just and it just got everyone wound up yeah. so fast. And you know, I think there's there's a total basis to make the argument that you could find a way to make a Truba for Cadre deal with some other pieces happen. I it's absolutely in the realms of possibility. Yeah, but it's not doing one for one, not at this point in time. No, 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 because, no. And, and and that's obvious. I I just I just think that, and uh, tell me if if you think I'm wrong. I just think the Truba, unless it's a team like Detroit, who it would make sense that he would be he would want to play for them because he's from Michigan, and um, you know that that yeah. he would sign an extension there. I don't think any place, unless he's controlling the situation, I don't think he's signing anywhere. And I think he's going to be a UFA next year and he's going to go where he wants to go. And that mitigates the value that Kevin Dayoff can get for Truba because you're only getting one year of them. Here's the yeah. Truba, here's the, here's the Truba, Truba thing that everyone's wondering. Okay. Truba has made it very clear that he wants to sign in for an American team. That's been something that's been going on forever. Right. right. The question is, what, and what people are questioning is whether or not that is something he is just saying because he doesn't want to play in Winnipeg and doesn't want to insult Winnipeg directly and say, I just want to play in America, or whether that is, whether he just doesn't really want to play in Winnipeg specifically. That's 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 what that's what people are questioning, you know, like because because if you if you're true, but you're like say I don't want to play in Winnipeg, you're an absolute jerk, right? Um, if you say I, I want to I don't I want to play for an American team, it's not nearly as jerky, you know, as right. the one move, you know. So what people so. Is he just saying the Amer and, and it's all remember none of this is being said publicly. This is all just sort of behind the scenes, but mm -hmm. and what he's saying to friends and stuff like that. But has he been careful enough to actually say, you know, I, I really want to play 
for an American team in, is his way of saying that is not just trying not to piss off or just diss Winnipeg itself. Peter, what do you thought? Well, okay. I, I think, you know, if you go back to 2016 when you did the holdout, um, you know, the, the statement from Overhart was his client wanted a place where he could play, realize his full potential, and blah, blah, blah. So the only thing missing up until this year was points. Truba got points this year. Yeah. And yeah. that was the missing ingredient. Now, apparently, from the people I've talked to, last year, that was the concern when they were trying to move him. This year, lots of interest. Yeah. So there is time. It's, I think, you know, and and you remember in the first, when Chevy went and chatted with him, he probably said, look, we can move you, but you're not going to get what you want or where you want until you do the other things. And now he's done them. And so there's a lot of options there. Mm -hmm. Does he want to be in an American city? I think he does. There is, there's a rumor that his dad can't travel to, um, what should I call it to the, to Canada? I believe I've looked up what the, I've looked up the, the, the reason why, and it's not a criminal case. It's a, um, that he's involved in, he's named in a lawsuit. It's a civil case. So he can, can I can never return to Denmark, you know? So I understand that. Yeah. He, he, he can travel. It's just that Truba's girlfriend is now a med, med student in Florida where he spends his off seasons. And, there's just some lifestyle things I think that come with it. And he sure. wants to have access to a certain lifestyle. It's not going to happen in Winnipeg. So yeah. they'll find a place for him. But do you know, you know where Jacob Truba gets his haircut? What's that? Do you know where Jacob Truba gets his haircut? No, I don't. Okay. Super okay. for a friend. Super oh. guys. Uh, but, but no, but, but, but Peter, you, you, you'll, you'll agree that you'll agree that if he, if Kurt Overhard comes out before July 1st and says, we're going to accept the qualifying offer from Winnipeg for the one-year deal, yeah. and we're you know even if he gets traded, we're going to you know what, what Carlson basically said: we're not going to sign. We're going to play out the contract, and he's going to go with UFA. Yeah. Then, Shovel Dayoff, you know, he gets probably a Carlson-like package, maybe not even as much because Carlson won two Norris trophies and Truba hasn't won any. But we know how good of a defenseman he is. They're not going to get a. I mean, honestly, I think there's a possibility that if he just takes the qualifying offer and the amount of, of the return is not great, Winnipeg might keep him and just use him as an own rental. I mean, I think that's a, a, a low percentage, but I think there's right. it's still possible. I think that's most likely what's going to happen too. Yeah, I do too. I think I think the own rental thing is 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 very possible. I mean, and, and I, I don't then, think that's going to happen. You don't think so? I don't. I don't think there's. I, I well, look. I know for a, I know for a fact that someone in the Jets, literally, like I am one person removed from this conversation, mm-hmm. and it was told to me last week before mm-hmm. I left that I can't name the person's name, but they told them say goodbye, say bye bye to Truba. So they it's, need it, it's it's he's gone. They need the cap space. They need the cap space. They okay. need they need they need the cap space. They need to end the saga. So, so they, they, in that case, even if he says that, even if Overhard comes out and says that they're accepting of a package where they're getting a first round pick and prospects because that's cheap assets that they can bring back. I I think they would take on salary if it were the right thing, because they've got other ways they can find out, right? They've got other ways. Um, Well, like we've talked talked about the glasses VR for Trooper rumors, which are still very much out there. Yeah. That's the other one. Like I, 
Russ, I think you were the first one, I think off air one time we talked about that. You brought it up and, and you maybe brought it up too, but I've heard it here as well yeah. that there has been conversations. No, it's yeah, definitely, I think the only, only hang up on that is they really need to get them locked up if they do it here yeah. because getting Truber next year doesn't put the Flyers in the Stanley Cup. It doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And it, no, but the Flyers don't need to be in the Stanley Cup next year, but they, they sure as hell need to be in the playoffs. No, sure. that might help with that. That might make that happen. And, and I'm not, I'm not starting this as a rumor because if 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 I was reporting it as such, people would laugh at me. But I think that you know, if they could get a a defenseman back with reasonable salary on with term, that that would be a that would be somebody that Shevel Dayoff would want. Mm -hmm. I, I you know, I'm not Nikita Zaitsev is an okay defenseman he's, a he's actually got a lot more value than you think yeah no 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 i, I was just about to say that he you know because because he provides cost certainty he's and he eats minutes he and i think if he goes someplace else he's going to put up more points than he has in toronto because in toronto i think he was limited because of the role that babcock wanted if and i'm not saying because I, I don't i have no idea whether winnipeg would be interested in zaitsev but if they got cost certainty two, three, four years on a defenseman and they could trade Truba and it's a team that would want one year with Truba, like I think Toronto would, then Toronto would do that and maybe Winnipeg would do that. But I don't I don't know whether that's possible. It, it's probably impossible. I don't know if they have the, um, I mean, the right, it, it feels like with Zaitsev you need a really strong Russian contingency or something along the lines of, you know, like a really strong Russian community. I don't know what the Russian community is like in Winnipeg. Well, that's why there's been some there's been some chatter about the Islanders. There's been yeah. some chatter about the Devils. Yeah, uh, did, did you say the Russian community? Yeah, actually, there is a strong one. <laughs> here, 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 get ready, Russ. You'll love this. When I first moved to Winnipeg, our neighbors, our new neighbors, when Nikolai Habibulin came here, he was billeted with our neighbor's mom because she was Russian heritage and could speak the language. <laughs> You I kid you not. Does Leonid Brezhnev live on your street too? <laughs> There's only like three streets in Winnipeg. No, there's a lot of parks. I mean, Winnipeg is, know, which is amazing. Why didn't Russia, like it. We're going to move to North America. Let's see. Where can we go? We're going to go someplace warm. Let's head. We got it because we've been here forever in Russia. Let's where are we going to go? Um, I lived in Siberia. Now it's Winnipeg. It's the same thing. Well, I guess if you live in Siberia, Winnipeg is the south, you know? Right. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, uh, but, no, I I think they really that that's this is a Lula Morello type of thing that you could see happening in the island. I think the Islanders make a lot of sense with Zaitsev. I do, I agree with that. Um, and and the island has a great you know Russian community. Yeah, yeah Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, not on the island. In Brooklyn, but you know, still close. Um, Kessel with the Sharks. People want to know about this rumor that I threw out today. Um, the, I wanted to first the Kessel thing to start off with to say that Minnesota is still trying to. Or at least they're hopeful that they can still no trade clause. They can still okay. get him to do that. I don't know if they can or not. There's a lot of people lobbying. Okay, so um, and, and it does. It, it's it's funny because it does sound it does sound because I, I I read one report that said Kessel really wants to play in Arizona. Yeah, I, I, I like golfing. Kessel has a list of teams and, and they are, but they they most of them, with the exception of what I've heard, I have heard Arizona, but with the exception of Arizona, most of the teams that Kessel wants to go to are competitive really competitive teams which is always a tough spot part of that i think is 
Kessel has been, it's not like his first rodeo and being traded. So he sort of, I think, I think when he puts his list of teams together, he puts his list of teams together on some teams that he knows they won't trade into. Like the Flyers are on Kessel's list of teams. Okay. Yeah. That's, Toronto is probably on there. Boston's probably. If you, if you ask me, I think um, Paul Fenton should take uh, Phil out to uncle Frankie's <laughs> in Minnesota to try and seal the deal. Yeah. I mean, you just go to a wedding at the, at the mall of America. Maybe that'll help. Um, yeah, I think that no. That, so yeah, when, I gotta tell you this. Yeah. Here's what Uncle Frankie says: counter serve eatery for hot dogs and more. Like, so wait, <laughs> hot dogs are your best thing you got going? Yeah. <laughs> He's mean, the smoke for Oscar Mayer. Come on, hot dogs. Then I don't. I can't imagine I need anything else. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> he is the spokes model for Oscar Mayer. Come on, <sighs> hot dogs and more and more. That's awesome. Yeah, we should definitely do a show from there at some point. Um, Uncle Frankie's—they get four and a half stars. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I was speaking Actually, with one, two, three, four, five hot dog places in Minnesota. This could be a Phil Kessel location. Yeah, yeah. Can I throw a quick little crazy thing about like along those lines for Tampa. I was in Nashville from with my wife over the last weekend for our twentieth wedding anniversary, and I was the hot chicken. You know, you know, we didn't have hot chicken because I, you know, it's like. I, I feel like that's something that everyone eats. You know, I don't eat. Yeah, whole yeah, chicken. I that. <laughs> that's like, um, like coming to Buffalo and not having chicken wings. Come I on. know, but you know, my wife doesn't eat hardly. Any. She's, she's got, like I said, she's never had a condiment in her life. She's a really tough one to feed. So, so um, she, you went to, you went to Nashville and she ate salads. Oh no. She, she, um, she ate, um, Miller lights, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> and lots of, and lots of IPAs. Okay. Um, that's what she basically ate. Um, we did go. So two quick things about Nashville that are just hilarious. The one thing is, it is the brides, the bridal, like the yeah. bridal, like uh, what do you call it, like a bachelorette party, mm-hmm. capital of the world. I didn't realize this, but there are more bachelorette parties going on on Broadway in Nashville than any place in in the world. And we must have seen twenty five brides um, and their bridal parties. It is crazy for that. It's, it's like you know, it's like for for guys to go to Vegas. Nashville is like the place that bachelorettes go, um, which is not. The other thing is oh, I went to I went to um there's a hilarious Twitter story about yeah. a uh, bachelorette part or a bridal shower party going wrong in Nashville because yeah. they had the NFL draft yeah and what they ended yeah. up doing is yeah. they were oh, yeah. they were, they were, they were in a bar and my, my wife we're waiting we we're, we're in this really cool place my wife's waiting in line you know to get to the restroom and she's with a Canadian bachelorette party from Calgary and she's and they they, they you know. They they take her to like a special bathroom that they that they knew about in a different place or something like that and she's like I, my 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 husband works in hockey he always told me to trust Canadians I'm going to go with you so um we <laughs> but uh, they were really, but the other places we went to the um I'll, I'm going to share this other story for later I want to keep going um there's too many good funny stories well, just just one quick thing about Nashville then we'll then yeah. we'll end the show is the fact that yeah. it it seems to be generally accepted fact that. Um, Matt Duchesne, Matt Duchesne, uh, is that's one of the two or three destinations he's yeah. likely to go to. Like we talked about at the deadline, you know, um, but you know, it could be, it could be Columbus. They could overpay him, but there seems to be some movement there. The question is how do they open up the cast space? Plus, um, you know, there, there's, uh, some movement in terms of Roman Yossi getting a, getting a new deal. If that's the case, yeah. then PK Subban is gone. Well, I think that, you know, as surprising as it is, I think there's a, I think there's a growing possibility of that. I think, I think it really was surprising to me because PK has 
fit in very well there. I am sick and tired of people saying that PK is a bad locker room presence. No, it makes me insane. Like on the internet, they're like, if PK is moving, it's not because of his locker room presence. It's because of his cap hit. Okay. It has nothing to do with anything, but his cap hit. And it's because it's because of his cap hit, but also as you know, when, when I said, when I mentioned this to Kevin, the last time he was on the show, you know, he took, we, I I asked him whether it was the cap hit or like sort of, you know, he's, he's a guy that, sucks up all the air in the room he's a very very popular he's very uh very uh, like that i mean mike that's like i mean in in i mean it, montreal is a di- that montreal locker room that he that there were issues with him but it wasn't just him in that locker room that was that was also michelle terrian's room and right ready and it was yeah right it was a crazy it was a it was you know he was actually trying to keep the peace more often than not he was like people just get it infuriates me when people go after PK Subban is like this problem child, he's just well, no, not- no, but 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 Eck, yeah. um, you don't see Kyle Turris or Ryan Johansson at the 24 hours of, of Le Mans. You saw PK Subban with Lindsey Vaughn. I'm talking, I'm talking about the fact that he, you know, he naturally has a lot of press attention on him because yeah. he's a star player because he's a Norris Trophy. And he, he, he likes to do stuff and it's right. fine. You know, I mean, he's allowed to go there. It's, he's not, he doesn't have anything going on right now. Well, I, I'm saying like that, that, that might be one reason in terms of like other players just having a problem with that. You know, he's not, he's not the epicenter of everything that's going on in Nashville and he's treated as such. So yeah. I, I'm just saying he's, He's got three years left at nine million bucks. He's a he's still a really good defenseman. He's a right hand shot. I could see a number of teams saying that is more acceptable for three years than going out and spending big money on Tyler Myers or Jake Gardner. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I do apologize. I didn't finish the Sharks thing with Kessel. Okay, so okay, Kessel to the Sharks. Um, is a possibility i was told it's it's not like the number one possibility there but the idea is probably tied somehow to pavelski and if if there is an issue with pavelski leaving pavelski well, leaves and carlson leaves um and thornton decides not to come back or whatever they are going to have to re- replace scoring they're just going to have to replace some scoring right and so. right it's good and again it provides cost certainty you will see deals you will see deals in the next month that are that are going to be made yeah. simply for cost certainty purposes and for sure one thing we, we, we can talk about more tomorrow is the fact that um the, the cap Friedman, Friedman reported this and i saw somebody else reported as well the fact that a lot of big market teams lost in the first round in terms of re- hockey related revenue may keep the cap now everybody's assuming 83 million dollars that's been the name number that's out there even cap friendly has adjusted their uh their yeah. assumption of cap for next it's year at 83 and they're saying the po- there's a distinct possibility it could be 81 and a half which that million and a half dollars is going to be a big deal. You don't think it's going to oh, be yeah. a big deal. It could be a big deal a for a lot job. of teams. A huge deal. A huge deal for teams. Um, that's a, that's a play there. That, I mean, it's a, I mean, that's a serious, like a third or fourth liner, you know, that you have to, they have to get in there and it enables you to be able to give that third or fourth liner money to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, the, the most important thing, you know, with what's happening now is we're seeing that with the bigger contracts and it is interesting to me and something I think we should talk about maybe tomorrow yep. is what is a nine or $10 million player? Because that is the new like thing, right? Everybody's like, Oh, he's a $10 million player. You know, like Marner's a $10 million player. Um, 
Taylor Hall is a ten million dollar player. Mm-hmm. Are they really like that? And 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 you know, those are two examples of problem guys that you know you might say yes they are, but there's more, a lot more guys like is Pavelski a ten million dollar player? No, I don't think so. You know, I I don't think you know Sebastian Ajo a ten million dollar player. No, not yet. But there's but ten million is like the whole concept of ten million dollars has become a thing now. Like when you talk to people. Right. I mean, everybody keeps saying that, oh, they, you know, he's, I, I, I can't tell you how many people I hear are going to make $10 million. I mean, it's like, for the fact of the matter is, like, if all the people I'm hearing are going to make $10 million, are going to make $10 million, then there's going to be no cap space for anybody. So the well, reality is that you can only have a couple of them. I'll, I'll leave everybody with this because I, I did I did a calculation when it came to the Martin, the Marner thing. Um, because Patrick Kane is the highest paid winger in the league at $10.5 million. Yep. If you take the amount of the cap, it was when they signed him for ten and a half million, and transferred that to this year the, the percentage, and paid Marner at the same percentage. He would make twelve point two million. Nobody's right. nobody saying Marner is worth twelve point two. So the no, percentage- but no one could also say that he's anywhere close to the to the power to the negotiating power right now that Kane had at that point. Right, he Kane had won three Stanley Cups. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but but the thing is. In terms of Mar, it's almost accepted. Marner is going to be a ten million dollar player. It's just a question of what Kyle Dubas is going to have to do to open up cap space on the team to for to for that reality because it more than likely that's what Marner is going to get. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, we're going to see. It's, we're definitely going to see, and that's going to be the thing to watch. But there's how many of these kind of players are there? You know, like how many is. I just, I think, I think it's crazy. I mean, in Winnipeg, like looking at the guys that are coming up in Winnipeg, Peter, like who's a, who's your $10 million players, you know, like there isn't one, right? There isn't. I mean, but you know, if he, if he was, a, if he was a UFA right now, Shifley would be a $10 million. I was going to say the guy, the guy who's the $10 million player is making 6.1. Yeah. You know, he would be yeah. a $10 million player. So that's, there's that, but you know, so, and uh, you know, but he would be, is he the only guy that would probably get that? Well, I mean, yeah, because of age, right? Like Wheeler's getting 8.125 and, you know, Kyle Connor's probably going to get around seven. Right. Patrick Line, could he be a $10 million player? No. Yeah. Let's talk about Patrick Line for a second and someone who put out something that was not just, yes, not just dumb, but this is the one that XM blamed me for. Thank you, Peter. This this is comes from someone else on another website who yes. really, you know, really doesn't have has never had anything accurate to say about Winnipeg. Alexander and the whole what's that? Alexander Day hockey. Yeah. And and the whole the whole thing about it is is who in the in the world thinks that Patrick Line can use an offer sheet as leverage that's what it was there's no planet that that makes (laughs) sense because if you're frustrated you want out the last thing you do is find a team to give you an offer sheet because they should have the exact same questions the jets do about who what line a is of course they do and then they match it and you've lost everything I look at who makes that offer sheet. And if that's not a great team, I like take that. I let them, I let line A go so fast and take those draft picks. Honestly, it won't be proved out until probably the second or third week of July, but I am so anxious to bash everyone over the head who has been saying offer sheet, offer sheet, offer sheet, offer sheet constantly, because I don't know if there's, there's going to be one. I'll tell you why they're saying it, Mike. And, 
it's, it's, it's leverage. I get I agree. it. No, it's, it's, I agree with you. And it is leverage. And it, it's, it's often trying to force trades. It's what they're trying to do. Yeah. But the people who are reporting it, you know, some of them are just being ridiculous. Like I, I, I looked into the line eight thing for a split second, you know, and it, that, that is absolutely absurd. But there are some, you know, the mar there are there are rumors, there are legitimate rumors about Marner offer sheets. Now I don't think it's going to happen, but there are legitimately people, there are GMs or assistant GMs that have said that they're considering it. I know that for a fact. So that's why you're hearing that. That's why you're hearing the rumors out there. They're saying that to, in a way to like to stir the pot to get things going to move things around. Right. It's it's and and you know and you sort of have to know that by now. Like you have to, you know. I always say that no one gives you a rumor. For the hell of it, like no one gives me a ulterior motive. There's, there's, you know, what you can hope for is that because, like, someone like myself, or you know, I mean, obviously, like guys like Elliot Freeman who know more people than me, or Mackenzie knows more people than me. You know, the more people you know, the better quality rumors you get. And this is why, because when someone talks to you and gives me a rumor, what they, if they give me something real, it's only because I have something for them to give back to them. And that's often how this thing works. Like this is an exchange of information type thing. They'll right. they'll say, "What have you heard on so and so?" And I'll be like, "Well, I've heard this and this and this." And then they'll and then they'll, I'll say, "What have you heard?" And then they'll tell me something that might be legitimate, often not involving their own team, but something that you know they've heard. If they tell me something about their own team or a player that they actually have, you know, an inflict a conflict of interest with, then I have to look at it like there's a motivation behind what they're saying. You know, yeah. and you ha and you, ha you have no choice, right? That's the way you go. There's a few people three maybe three to five people that i trust beyond that 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 you know they've no, known long enough that they'll tell me something even if they have motivation and those people are usually really brutally honest and it and you know then they're and they'll tell me something that's like completely you can tell that there's not a motivation because they're telling me something that's hurting their own possibilities and they'll often it's often off the record so it's like completely you know so understand that all the rumors you're hearing now are being put out you know and people are going to use twitter they're going to use everything they can to build up marketplaces for people to build up possibilities. Um, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like, beware of false profits time. You know, it's going to be like crazy stuff for sure. Um, but there's no question that I've, I've heard this. I've heard all sorts of, you know, things. The big thing now that I've been, and I haven't written about it yet because I've been trying to see through it is the Taylor Hall stuff, which is like, that's like, there's so many options with that right now. That was, that was, that was running rampant at the combine. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So you heard, and it's been running rampant at the finals. I mean, all the same people are in the, both, both those situations. So the combine. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the, the thing, the thing is, is that it sounds like from what's out there that Taylor Hall's holding Ray Shiro accountable in terms of, well, if this team is going to be, you know, if this team is good, I'll, I'll stay. But if it's not good, then I have to think for my, I mean, you know, I, I, I think that yeah that that I think that like I said before I hate that kind of stuff because you know Taylor Hall's a star he's got to be the one who's got to you know he's got he can't sit there but I think that what's happening you know and when you look at what they've got I mean they've got the first pick overall coming in they just had the first pick a couple years ago and they've got a lot going on so you know New Jersey's got enough it's just a question of whether or not Hall wants to play there I think is what it comes down to is that where he wants to play you know is is there another option for him. You know, there might be, and there, I mean, there are options, but again, he's a $10 million player. I mean, he just won an MVP, you know, he's a $10 million player. If he's a $10 million player, if his knee is good and that's the problem, he, yeah. most of the, most of last year after an MVP season, he missed yeah. most of last year with a knee injury that, that it has to be concerned. You know, New Jersey's got tons and tons of cap space. So, yeah. you know, but they're a, they're a budget team. And you know they may not want to spend ten million dollars a year on Hall with a with the concerns about a knee his knee. 
But yeah, in New Jersey's in New Jersey, you're and you're right. And New Jersey's looking at it, too. but New Jersey has a year to figure that out, you know. So they can right. sit there and they can say, because you know he's not a UFA coming up on July first, right? So they can sit there and they can say, we need to see that your knee's okay before we figure out what to do. So I don't think you're going to see anything happen with Hall now at all. Like I don't think I, I don't think you're going to see it's you know it could happen July first. They might just decide, okay, fine. But I think in all likelihood he'll either he'll be a, he'll be something we'll be talking about at the trade deadline for sure, right? Um. And, and Sammy Vatanen too, because he's a UFA at the end of the year. They traded they yeah. traded Henrique to get him, and now are they, are they going to sign him to an extent long term extension, or are they going to let him walk? Right, right. No, exactly, exactly. And you know, and that's a that's a big issue. There's a lot of really big issues there, right? So um, we we do have to get going, but there's a lot more we can talk about. Obviously, we could go all day. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow to talk about this. There's t- there's tons happening. Stay tuned to Hockey Buzz. I'm going to be writing again in the next couple hours here. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about the game, game five of the Cup final, and the you know what what's going on with uh, Chara and Grizzlick and the injuries. And yeah, the, the, like, I think from talking to people, it sounds like Grizzlick's going to play. Um, and uh, you know, and Chara, it sounds like, yeah, sounds like Chara's not. So yeah, we'll see. Chara, it was really interesting. Like I, I texted you guys the other day when you came back to the bench. That my wife, whose father's a dentist and has been around people with their jaws wired shut a lot, told me right when you came back to the bench and had this cage on. He's like. Either his jaws wired shut or his jaw is totally broken. She told me. That. Yeah, yeah and, I, and the only thing I said was I don't know how they would wire his jaw shut in the locker room. You you would need a dentist there to be able to do that. So I, I thought but, he was just. Yeah, you know. yeah, you're right. You're right. It seemed kind of ridiculous, but he was holding it in such a way. Yes. I mean, they, maybe they did. Maybe they had some kind of mouth thing that they could put in there that he was. I, I think so. There was something because it definitely wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and I can't see him at all playing tonight. I mean, oh. tomorrow night. That, that, that would be crazy insane. Even on Chara's level, even like superhero Chara, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, would, was, it would be Kurt Schilling, bloody glove, Willis Reed on a broken leg type thing. So we'll see. All right, guys. Um, hey, thanks again. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Remember, you can go to hockeybuzz.com and check all this out. We got a lot of interesting things happening. Make sure you follow everybody on Twitter. And um, remember, that's Buzz. It's just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.